you dumb, beautiful fucker. Who wants to be in America's slash fit with Abraham Lincoln? Louisiana Purchase, that's a name. You need to really get off my balls, okay? I'm gonna kick your ass. Also, why was Michelangelo so stinky? Ew. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 230 of the All Can Hear Podcast. I'll be your host today, Patrick. And joining me today are my three compatible co-hosts. It's Jonathan. Drifting in circles. Someone call it a donut. Colt. Uh, Ranger Wenzel. Howdy, partner. Yeehaw. You're just going to scroll past without saying howdy? Howdy, man. Yeah. Alright, uh, this is week three of our month-long tribute to kaiju and kaiju movies and kaiju media and today we'll be talking about the brand new netflix anime series pacific rim the black yeah now if that name sounds familiar u.s kaiju fans i'm sure that would this is the third major installment in the pacific rim series we have 2013's original uh live action uh, kaiju action movie. We have 2019's Pacific Rim Uprising, and now 2021's Pacific Rim The Black, which is Uprising a... Uprising was 2019? It's... I think so. It was either 2019 or 2018. It hasn't been that long. It hasn't been very long. God, that's fucked. It feels like it was forever ago to me. And so, and this this series has been a long time coming because we we were expecting an animated series from Pacific Realm and Guillermo del Toro way back in at least twenty thirteen to twenty fourteen. So this has been through an extreme de- developmental hell, and of course, this is not really. Uh, and, and I would think this, this isn't really what the the original series was. It sort of morphed and changed along the way but we're finally getting another installment in pacific realm yeah if you don't count the uh the comic books and stuff but uh uprising was 2018 by the way okay 2018 so uh this is uh, the next installment and i think uh just like this basic uh sort of overview this takes place after pacific Rim uprising after sort of they Fought, you know, this resurgence of kaiju and monsters and the uh, the otherworldly precursors that are distributing the kaiju into the, the human world. And but it's after the sort of I would say positive ending to Uprising, there seems to be a definite turn of the tide for the uh, for the Jaeger pilots as the entire continent of Australia has been overrun by kaiju, forcing the evacuation of the entire country. So leaving only a few stragglers of uh, military, civilians, and the uh, the roughhousers left on the continent. And this story follows two orphans as they try to survive in the new world, find their Jaeger pilot parents, and escape the island. Excuse me, escape the continent. So just sort of brief 
uh, first thoughts, what did we think of Pacific Rim the Black? It took probably five minutes to get over the weird CG uh, because the background work for me, I thought the background work was absolutely beautiful. It's like they put these 3D models in front of beautifully drawn backgrounds. That's the that's what they did. Okay, then they did. But it's I mean, they had to draw the backgrounds. Yes, I understand that. I I don't know why. I don't know why. Then you just ha- you had to do that. What is going on? Anyways, I enjoyed <laughs> the first episode. I really really enjoyed it, uh, and I thought I'm hoping it stays this high throughout the whole uh, whole series. It dips down a little bit somewhere in there. But uh, at the end, I think it, it it got a little better towards the end. Um, I I would have to agree. I really liked how it started off, but then it kind of dips as you go. Uh, it's not like honestly, you know, spoilers. Obviously, we'll probably have spoilers. Uh, oh yeah, we're talking about the whole thing. They we're talking. Oh, about the whole oh thing. yeah, all, all seven. All episodes. seven. It's all seven episodes. It's one season. It was actually pretty short, 20 minutes, uh, maybe a little bit over that per episode. It was very easy to watch. Um, I, I would say that's a positive, too. But um, the thing is, is that, like, it's not your average, like, mo- giant monster, giant mech show where, like, you're getting a lot of fighting. You're not really getting that much fighting with our main characters and like that's fine because like on it because I've always enjoyed the Pacific Rim universe, and I found this pretty interesting story wise. But like, you know, the kaiju, the kaiju uh, giant mech kaiju fighting is where it kind of um, lacks. But then it picks up actually towards the end with the very last episode. So, but overall, it's I really enjoyed it. I didn't mind the CG. The CG actually looked pretty damn good. Oh yeah, with what we got. It's like uh, top of the line the Netflix CG. Like yeah, past uh, Netflix CG has been rough a little bit. Uh, thinking back to the Ultraman CG anime they did a few years back, it was a little bit rough to watch, but they definitely have gotten better with it. Oh yeah, like it's it's very well. Um, movements are fine, very nice, a little a little more fluid. Expressions are really good too, and um, <laughs> you know it's a lot better than that one CG anime we watched. <laughs> oh, really don't. Yeah, because I, I definitely feel like on on a spectrum of CG animated anime, you have. I, I don't know if Pacific Rim: The Blacks at the very top. I would say it's pretty close to a a peak in CG animation, but then you have like at the very end, falling off the table is X Arm. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I think you're on the we're on the definitely in the good end of the spectrum. I I, I would say we're we're like B B plus maybe A rank. Yeah, personally, rank. I thought uh, the new Ghost in the Shell anime that Netflix is doing looks better, but uh, they're pretty close quality wise. Yeah, I I enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, the an- the animation, uh, especially for the character models, is a little wonky, especially for the non main characters. But yeah, uh, other than that, it's really good. I do like the character designs themselves. Really, they all stand out. Really, oh shit, really flashy and whatnot. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I think I agree with y'all in the sense of it does drop down in quality towards the middle um, when it is less about the <laughs> the big kaiju stuff and it tries to be very, very serious. But Yeah, that fucking middle part. I'm just going to say this name. I did not like Shane's character at all. Not because of the actions, but because it was a shitty character, in my opinion. Now, Shane was the Kurt Russell-looking motherfucker, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God, he was such a bitch. And and we'll we'll get to that, uh, because there are multiple points in the the show where I think it's like, you could have wrapped this up quicker. It felt contrived to elongate the plot to, like, I don't know, save him for, like, season two or three or however long this show goes. Yeah. But like I, I really liked the very beginning and the the last episode and it and I really liked sort of the lore bits they they drop in the setting building, which I thought was really fucking cool. Yes. Because there was a part in there where they go into a, a breach and this is where I really enjoyed I really enjoyed this part because I didn't watch Pacific Rim Uprising. So I didn't know uh, what like what was contained from that and this, and they go into a part where they go into a breach, and they kind of they pretty much explain what happened. That was the biggest thing that happened in there, and they they name off a ton of different uh, kaiju, you know, uh, Jaegers, and like I, that. I think that was cool. Just those little, like I said, I really enjoy. The, uh, the Pacific Rim universe and those little tidbits we get right there. I, I, and there's a little bit of mystery too. We get a little bit of mystery with Loa, an AI who, for the most of the anime, had been kind of, been kind of witty, but still very um, uh, flat. But now is starting to show more of just being, you know, kind of robotic. Uh, she's an AI, so she should be kind of more. Um, flexible in terms of personality and it seems like we're getting that because she's keeping a secret so uh i definitely agree i do th- i do appreciate how they're seeding for you know bigger like these bigger plots and and i i know that there are they are planned for two seasons they're currently working on the second season i would think like a lot of these sort of netflix shows they have a bunch of stuff ready to go and then like Stuff is already in the can and in production, so I would imagine the second season would come out in fairly short order. Um, but just sort of overview for me, uh, I agree. Uh, it's, it's. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's definitely a step up from Uprising. Cause I know myself included, well, along with a lot of other fans of the universe and sort of general kaiju toku fans, is that they felt very disappointed and underwhelmed by Uprising. Just sort of like it just went in some very different directions and tonally it just didn't really feel the same as the original and i feel like this movie is doing a i think a pretty good job of like balancing what we knew already and working with what was added in uprising and sort of like trying to make the best of that and i think it does a pretty good job of that yeah and uh like, like we said uh from this point on it will be like full spoilers so in, by some chance you haven't seen it, this will be your jumping off point. Come back to see us when you got to watch it. And plus, it's only seven episodes, ranging from 20 to 
27 minutes so you can knock it out pretty quick and like john and i did it in less than an afternoon yeah we literally did it in one sitting so yeah, and it did I, yeah same here same well sort of same okay then it's not the same is it I, I watched the first two episodes, and then I watched the rest five today, okay? That's not one sitting. That's two. Oh, my God. It didn't take long. <laughs> but to give an Sorry. answer, it's like two hours, 40-something minutes just to watch it all in one sitting. Yeah. It's we can pretty, pretty much chalk it up as one big movie if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Fucking Justice League is going to be longer. <laughs> you can watch the damn oh, thing nearly shit. twice. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, um, yeah, spoiler alert from here on out. We will get into all the details as we go forward. So um, the show opens up with a flashback of the two main characters, um, this brother and sister, as children, as they're sort of fleeing from a kaiju attack on their hometown in Australia. That's where the whole thing takes place. And their parents are Jaeger pilots. They pilot a Jaeger named um, Horizon Vertigo. Hunter, Hunter Vertigo. Hunter, I, I was thinking, Vertigo. Hunter Vertigo. I was thinking there's, there's another one called uh, Horizon Bravo. I was thinking of that comes in later. But uh, Hunter Vertigo is their parents' Jaeger. And uh, it takes like design cues, I think, from Gypsy Danger and Striker Eureka from the, the first film. And so it had this pretty cool fight with this new kaiju called Acid Quill. It's, it's sort of like, it looks sort of like a snake with like big forearms to walk around on these two large like glowing tendrils it sort of pokes and stabs with. Yeah, and it reminds me of like a souped up version of the bone things from Kong Skull Island. Oh, yeah. the skull crawlers? Yeah. But the yeah. I, I think these are cooler than the skull crawlers in my opinion. Well, I mean, these are actually threatening. They have yeah. poison like quills or whatever. <laughs> or, uh, not quills, uh, points stingers yeah big uh killy tentacles and so they're able to escape the city but not through uh some severe damage and casualties because the few remaining jaegers in the city they're also destroyed and basically this sort of blackout uh operative is sort of sent out to sort of all the tech in the city is sort of detonated or and the satellites are even like grounded to make sure that the precursors who have sort of hacked into human technology can't access them and so the parents they take the, the survivors far into the uh the desert uh, or it gets to the outback australians sort of lead them and promise to uh, come back with uh reinforcements but it, we, we see five years later that they have yet to return yeah and they have uh, oh sorry can i somebody get a go Okay, okay, I'm going. Goodbye. And it's gone. Oh, well, fuck you too. <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry. Somebody go. go. I, I'm about I, to go. Okay, I made the, my point. What's the no, name? No, 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 of no. The, I'm gonna. What's the name of the fucking the main mech? The one that's uh, Atlas Destroyer. Atlas it? Destroyer. Atlas Destroyer. That's the one the parents piloted, right? No, uh, no, Atlas Destroyer no. is the one that the kids pilot. Okay, I really, really liked the Atlas Destroyer's color scheme. It was uh, very Auburn, War Eagles. <laughs> I, I don't care about that. But I thought it looked very cool. It looked like, uh, it was, not looked like, it was a training unit because it had no weapons on it. But I thought it was very cool. Yeah, 
Atlas Destroyer, also a badass name. All of the Jaegers have such good names. I love them. I love also, them so much. The name Atlas Destroyer implies that it's it can destroy it destroys the world pretty much. That's such a badass name, and it's a training unit, and it has no weapons, which is bullshit. Like, I feel like shit. that name's probably a spoiler. Well, for they something they, down the line. Well, they mentioned mentioned something. It was kind of this offhanded comment that it was like a no really big boy Jaeger, but they they stripped it down. Something happened, and they took it out of commission and stripped it down. Yeah. So I imagine that will be that will tie into whatever. Loa's plot will, is going to be later in the story. Loa be the AI that was uh, that's, that's inside of their Jaeger. Which I think is really cool with this series because like, I don't re- really remember um, the AI having like a, a big part in at least um, Uprising. Because like in, in, in the show they, they're, they're definitely much more like of a, like a, not just an interface or like oh you know danger danger or whatever there's like a, it's an actual like conversational like entity they can sort of interact with and also Lois sassy as fuck man she doesn't <laughs> give a fuck she was funny i loved lola 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 um ah, man yeah and um yeah and the parents jaeger uh hunter vertigo was uh really sick and um it lacked an ai um, or, or it had like root. It, root was its, its AI, but it didn't oh, seem to have the same okay. level of like, um, I guess, intelligence as Lois seems to. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and there was another one at the very beginning that had mini guns. I can't remember what its name was, but it was it was pretty sick. It got killed uh, quickly though. Um, yeah, when they're initially fleeing the city. Yeah, because he had like like these big ass like Gatling mini gun. On its, on its, like, on wrist mounted, and they're able to, like, do some supply fire where they got ganked by uh, an acid quill. Yeah. Which is, like, it's, it's, like, it's kind of, it's kind of bullshit. Let, well, not bullshit. It makes sense that their heads are tiny now because it's, like, that's their weak spot, the head. And it's, like, well, shit. You know, you lose the head. I mean, like, an actual person, you die. Isn't the I want to say one of the ones we see die in the beginning? Isn't that one of the characters from? I want to say it was the first Pacific Rim. In from the, from the first first Pacific Rim, no. But there is a character in the show. We've already said spoilers. Herc Hercules Hansen. Yeah, yeah. He was in the first Pacific Rim, but um, he was the one that initiated Operation Blackout. But he wasn't with the two hunt, uh, Jaegers that were trying to save Hunter Vertigo's kids. Oh, okay. uh, he 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 did die. He was he was one of the suits at the very beginning that was fighting, but we didn't know that was Herc until later when um, the uh, the kid Taylor does a a ghost drift or whatever. Well, we'll we'll get into that. And from, and after doing some little reading after the show, I think they sort of modified that to say that Herc is not. Ko is like killed in action. He's just missing in action, so he, oh, that, okay. so he may yet That's come good. back because like he was, you know. Oh, let's be honest. There's a lot of people missing that survived the first, the first Pacific Rim and Uprising. Him being very conspicuously absent. So what I thought it was really cool to have him like be in the show and then having sort of these direct references and ties to the original and even the second one. 
Because uh, they, they mention, like, characters and, like, Jaegers by name from the second film as well, as, as, as we'll get to later on. But seeing that Herc had survived, and he may yet still be out there and be, like, a, a player in this whole game is really exciting. Uh, that is exciting, because I, I really enjoyed Herc in the first Pacific Rim. And, like, you know, like you said, we didn't see him die. We just see his, uh, when he killed one of the kaiju, it just landed on his Jaeger, and... You know, he was tired, and that's all we saw was just him laying down. So, yeah, man, I'm really excited. And it's, uh, man, it, it just it always bothers me that his freaking son dies in the first Pacific Rim. Like, I don't know why. I just remembered that. I was like, shit. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, and... They have a dog. And I'm really interested to, to at what point does this series... Where does it... Where in the timeline does this take place? Because this is because... Uprising is X years after Pacific Rim, and then this is X years after that, and then five years on top of the prologue. Like, how much time is back? Because apparently, it can't be too much time because Hercules, you know, is still very much like an active like pilot, and he was, I would say, at least mid forties in the first movie. I've read a and little he, bit. Yeah, uh, Pacific Rim one takes place in the twenty twenty something. And then Uprising takes place 10 years after the first one. So, it's like... <laughs> Wait. He has... Oh, my God. He has to be old as like, shit. Yeah, he's he going to be like, old as shit. Like, he's just like he this, like... Um, I just imagine he, he still looks like the same Jack Australian dude from the first movie, but he's just like 60. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, his name's Hercules. You know what? I believe it. Oh, what did y'all think about the tone of the show? Because it definitely was going for... Because one of the things I loved about the original Pacific Rim was it was really fun. Like, you really got the sense of danger and threat of what these kaiju were uh, posing to just humanity at large. But that sort of danger didn't really bring the tone down like there were still like comic really characters like charlie day and other things like that but this was definitely going for a more dour post-apocalypse like a similar to like walking dead vibe what what yeah. what did y'all think about that you could tell that they were trying to emulate the tone of the original pacific rim because it was a lot sadder but they peppered in these comedic moments, but it was like very light peppering. Like I can only really remember boy eating a f uh, butterfly. I think it was all the boy moments. There's a character named the boy. Boy, the boy, boy. I the way they say it too. I was like, oh, that's God of War reference right there. Yeah, those fuckers. I, I thought it was funny that uh, we'll get to boy's character in a moment. That they never gave him a name. It's just boy. And it doesn't make any sense. Like, the guy, the the older brother, he's just like, boy fits him. We're not going to give him any other name. Why not? Well, give him a name. Because <laughs> one thing we will get into later is the main character is kind of a twat. Like the, 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 the big brother. Okay, there's some, there just some character dialogue, like, just decisions in there that I'm just like, I'm just completely upset with. I, I, oh my god, yeah, we'll get into it later. But, like, tonally, like... I, it went really dark really fast, and I I wish they would have, like, okay, if you're going to go dark, deal with the implications of it being dark, you know? Because, like, okay, immediately, right? 
the the older the younger sister uh uh Taylor. What's her name? No 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 no, no, uh, no. Haley. Haley, excuse me. Haley. Haley the the she she when she activates um Atlas Destroyer it signals one of the category 4 kaiju nearby called Copperhead. Badass name, badass design by the way. Um and it goes to their settlement that used to be a, a military base but it got but it got buried. That's how they got Atlas Destroyer and um it ends up killing everybody. Like nobody survived from the settlement and and it was only Taylor and Haley that survived. And she's like, I got everybody killed. It's my fault. And the brother just, he's just like, he doesn't say like, nah. And so it's kind of implying like, yeah, it's your fault. You got everybody killed. And it's like, okay, well, you know, if I was his brother, I'd be like, well, no, I, you know, maybe we shouldn't have stayed there for five fucking years. Maybe we should have moved around a little more and did shit. Um, I don't know. That's just me. Or like, I don't know, do something to comfort your sister because all their friends are dead. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that helps for character development later and building and stuff. But like, I don't and know. It's not, they don't, and it's not like that doesn't go unexplored either. Cause I think like the next episode, she's sort of dealing with the PTSD from all that. Yeah. But, but like, yeah, it really, because cause that was part of the stuff I liked was what it was, like, e- even though, like, I, I don't really like that choice that she's ostensibly responsible for the death of their entire village, like, her best friend, everybody, it's kind of fucked, and, but, like, they do sort of do that sort of psychological exploration for, like, the next episode, and then once they find Boy, it kind of goes off in a different direction. Yeah. Like, they never they never really explore it again until we get to, you know, the older brother's psychological, you know, uh, profile, which is that he feels like a failure. Um, and, I mean, and he gets like, a okay. bunch of people killed throughout the show, too. Well, they, uh, but I mean, honestly, he, he, both of them are indirect, directly and indirectly responsible for a lot of people's death. Oh, yeah. And the, they're the, menaces. They're indirect. Oh, and, but the thing is, though, they're indirectly and directly, and it's like, okay, you know, these ra- – okay, because later they meet, like, what's essentially a, a gang of – they're called riders. Uh, the, 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 I don't know what they're called. Australian actually. rednecks. Keep, yeah, the Baggins. I keep I keep thinking of raiders, like they're like Mad Max, I mean, all-out raiders I mean, pretty much Mad Maxing out there. Yeah. Pretty much. They're Mad Maxing it. With, like, with anime um, Kurt Russell. Yeah, and it's like – Okay, the boy, <laughs> they they find a kid just randomly in a facility, and he um, they're out in the desert, and they see some cars go by, and they're like, oh, you know, other people, like, we need to go after them, see what see what's going on, like, you know, make contact, and boy, ac- you know, the, he accidentally goes down a dune while these people are by a river trying to not get killed by a kaiju. The boy accidentally gives them away. Two guys get killed, and the leader is just like, you guys got my men killed. I'm going to kill you kids. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I, I jumped far ahead. Um, let's, let's you know, dial it back. I, I will um, say, going back to the tonal uh, capacity of the show, I, I do think the, the if if what they're setting up is like after two installments where 
they they have these two big victories over you know the the, the kaiju menace um the precursor the people who control the kaiju they're happy like okay okay y'all got two licks on us now it's time for you know round three and they really just like turn up the bullshit because as we find out because they just unleash all the kaiju like so many that you know they have to vacate an entire continent mm-hmm. with, uh, of australia so like this is like a big turn in the tide so obviously when they're having this is in monumental loss and continuing like sort of trying to push back against this it's like increasingly larger wave i think the tone would reflect that and i think they do that and sort of exploring i guess this like the really seedy element because you saw like like little glimpses of like seedy parts in the first movie what with like Hannibal Chow and his like network of like cab, cab, kaiju scavengers, but it's still a little bit more lighthearted. But it, but this really shows like yeah. when when the bad things happen in the world, the really bad people they really take to it, and like that's what Shane and his sort of bogan army is really sort of experts in. Oh yeah, they're bogan. That's the name of their place. Because, bogan. Yeah, because like that's that's essentially what bogan is in Australia. They're just these deep rednecks. Um, but like we said, you know, they uh, they uncover the Jaeger, they get they try it out, but that accidentally draws in Copperhead, a very strong kaiju to their location, and it w- w- also nicknamed uh, Jaeger Breaker. It's like right away you get the the biggest bitch out the box, and it fucks up a lot of stuff. <laughs> so they so they end up uh, having to leave after their village is destroyed, and they go to a city that's been completely demolished. Where they have to find like a, basically a battery because uh, Atlas Story has been sitting dormant for five years. I had enough of a charge to get around for a while, but you know it's dead. So they have to find this disproportionately small battery to put inside the Jaeger. Yeah. Hey, nuclear energy can go far. Yeah, because I was cause, well, as because well, they had to walk quite a ways to get to it, and, and me and Pat were talking about like how the fuck are they going to bring this shit back. And it's like, oh, it's because it's relatively small. It was just, it was just a, well, the, I don't. It's not a nuclear battery because the only the only uh, Jaeger that I remember having a nuclear reactor was Gypsy Danger from the first one. Hey, I'm just trying to explain the size because nuclear energy can go a long way, uh, but if it's just normal electricity, that shit that's not realistic. And this show yeah, is we we we. Well, also, there's giant monsters and robots. Yeah, so, like, obviously, magical mech battery, whatever. I mean, we, we can't look into the scientist, science of this too much, because, one, it's not going to be coherent, and, two, it doesn't really matter. Also, the, like, we got a boy who turns into a kaiju at the end, like... Spoiler alert. Whoa! And uh, also, when they're, when they're in the city, um, they meet this other creature, which looks like it's part kaiju... Part Jaeger. It looks awesome. Yeah, which was sick. It kind of reminded me of uh, uh, Evangelion when Unit Zero One like goes berserk yeah. and starts eating shit. Yeah, 100%. yeah, because this boy was it. eating, and um, that element is is revealed in full a few episodes down the road. But that is. As as explained, it's from Pacific Rim Uprising, where the precursors basically launched these kaiju like seeds or drones, which would infect a Jaeger. Just sort of, you would see them just like these weird fleshy body parts just like burst up 
from inside of the Jaeger. A lot of times killing the uh, pilots. And you just see like spikes and claws and shit just burst out. It's really freaky. But then once they were defeated, and the second one, we find out that one survived and adds like this sort of spurt of evolution where it, like the, the Jaeger and the Kaiju sort of fully combine. So it's just this biomechanical like giant monster. And it looks really cool and can pretty freaky at the same time. Yeah, because it has, it's intelligent, uh, it has no allegiances, uh, and it was awesome. And we find out that it's not, it's not like, like explicitly a malicious creature, it's just more like, it's acting like a territorial animal. It's like, you know, oh, you're encroaching on my space and you're hostile, well, I'm just gonna attack right back. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. yeah. And then... Once they have this little run-in with the city, with that thing, and all the little mini kaiju wolves called the Rippers, uh, they, they they make it out to the desert where they run into. You see this this group of like armed individuals like trying to harvest kaiju eggs from this river-dwelling kaiju, and leads to a, a pretty cool like and brutal moment where the kaiju eats those two guys, Hurts their blood out of its gills, and it gets its head blown up by uh, the new character May with a RPG. Which that, that which was, was pretty dang sick. Which the way it it shunted the guy's blood out of its gills remind its gills remind me of a um oh man what is it called I think it's called a frilled shark or some type of fish which was it it was pretty much like a combination between aquatic and um like land because uh, it, it was a very long body but it had uh legs oh man it looks so sick um but no something i should say though is that okay you're wondering they went to go get that battery right they got the battery the boy that they broke out okay and they got back to their atlas destroyer but then turns out the battery they had they dropped it and broke oh it. oh my god it's like out. i was so mad i was just like fucking frustrated I was like, oh my god, they're going to have to stay in this city how much longer? But then they go to the desert to find, you know, those people. And, um, May, and then we get we meet that one bitch, Richter. I hate you, Richter. Yeah, Richter's a little bitch. But I think May is probably my favorite character in the, in the show. And, like, when you meet her, you kind of know where her story's going to go. Like, like she's just initially, like, aggressive and hostile character and then like because she has like like a divergent character designs like okay she's gonna end up being more important and pro- probably joining the um the good team and but you find out she has like this very complicated history with yeah, the Bagan army and kurt russell lookalike shane oh god and, and like he he just has like all of, like the warning signs go off of like this guy is a douche, 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 douche. Yeah. Ah um, oh, man, I don't know. It was like, God, man, it was just so. It was so. Oh, there was a part in there where they meet. We meet another character who's also special because of what he's wearing. His name is Joel, and he's their tech guy. Uh, well, second tech guy. Um, because there's another tech guy that looks actually really cool, but he's very small. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Spider. Uh, yeah. The- I, I want to about yes. Spider. He's just like, he looks like he's a, a four-year-old with like a Kamen Rider helmet and like a hoodie. And like, he was super cool. I, I, I loved him. He was. Um, But we meet this other guy, Joel, and there's a moment in there where, of course, you know, uh, 
Oh, sorry, I'm, ju- I'm jumping so far ahead. I have a lot to say about this show. Um, we find out that, you know, because Shane is uh, the piece of shit that he is, that he has a, his own little neural link, and he that's how he interrogates people pretty much. And that's he, how he interrogated Taylor. He went into his mind and looked at all of his memories. And he's like, oh, yeah, we got uh, access to Jaeger now. So let's go to get that Jaeger. They go to get that Jaeger, and they're like, all right, we need Joel to go inside and check it out, see what's going on. He's like, all right, Joel, you got to establish a link, or I'm going to kill you. Um, so he does, and he's like, you need a co-pilot. Take any of the riders. Richter's like, but they're my guys. It's like, yeah, well, we're using them. And then, you know, he's like, guy goes in there. He's like, all right, I'm ready, Joel. And Joel's like, all right, let's put, it, let's do it. And then the guy's like, ah, and throws up and, you know, gets knocked out and he's like next they, they and cycle th- is like they cycle uh, through their entire fucking group that they got they and, mush and Lo- like 30 people's brains and loa is like and she's like uh you shouldn't do this and he's like no keep going keep going and then the joel guy is like literally side of his face is um it's, it's like, it looked like he had a stroke uh, because when it, when you it, pilot a Jaeger, it takes two people sort of to share like the the brunt of the the uh, sort of like the the mental weight because it's it's powered by thoughts and physical interaction, so it takes two people to pilot it. But because it's you have to have like this sort of com- compatibility, they're destroying like a whole line of goons in there. It's like it, it was like one after the other after the other, like it fries his brain. So like he's like he's kind of incapacitated for a while on top of being a virulent alcoholic so he wasn't already yeah, in a great and, place to begin with yeah but then and, and then Shannon gets mad at him like what'd you do what the fuck's wrong with you and he's like dude I'm literally doing what you're saying he warned <coughs> him too he said this is not a good idea like how could you be so stupid as to lose all your men and make your guy do what you say and then you say it's your fault and, and the thing is is they present Shane initially as sort of this like kind of Machiavellian type of political player in in the sort of like different gangs that they have, but he makes all these just ridiculously stupid decisions that like, this is where it kind of bent my suspension of disbelief in the sense of not necessarily that he's just like, I don't know. He's kind of like a manager who gets power hungry and then we'll like, yeah. you'll do something and they'll yell at you anyway because they're a bunch of fucking twats. But he still has like all these resources and, and like the way he he like runs the place, it should have been, he should have ran it into the ground by now. Because like he, he's obviously, they're trying to yeah. exemplify like how much of like an evil prick he is. But also he makes so many decisions that are actively against his, you know... His own self-interest. Yeah, like, even if he's, like, I'm just a selfish bastard, like, you're doing things that, like, in a world of very limited resources, you're burning through your resources. And, like, you have... There's only one guy that knows how to, to fix the Jaeger, and you're going to, like, oh, if you don't do this right, I'll kill you. Well, who's going to fix your giant robot, dude, or any of your other shit? Like... And also... And, then, and, and, like, after a while, that sort of rule by fear doesn't work. Like, people are going to get fed up with it. And, and I mean, and like, spoiler and, alert, and, that's kind of what happens. 
yeah. Um, also, I should say something too. It's like Joel Joel's job was pretty much in trouble as soon as they found uh, Taylor the cadet. But then it like you know they later met through May they find out that he doesn't have that much he doesn't have that much experience in battling, but he does know his way around the Jaegers. But like also he threatens to kill Taylor and he almost follows through on it and it's like. You're gonna, so you're, gonna kill, you're gonna have nobody. You're gonna have no one. You're gonna you're gonna have nobody who's gonna know how to do this. And then what? He's gonna get somebody else to do it, like to figure it out. And it's like they don't figure it out, and then he kills them. And then like, dude, you're gonna go through all of your resources. There is literally like barely anybody left in Australia <laughs> right now. Exactly. And that that's when when y'all talk about like how like it kind of dips in the middle. This is this is the thing that kind of bothered me, like. And not to say that these type of people don't exist, but the the show tries to present him as this sort of like evil mastermind type of guy, but his actions are self destructive. So it's like the show's like trying to have its cake and eat it too. And I mean, yeah, you know, you can have villain. Like I get it. Like they're trying to make these villains evil, like evil, evil. So like you know, they're stupid or whatever. But it's like, okay, if they're a villain, then why would they be so goddamn stupid? Like yeah, because by like because by the time uh, they end up escaping with the fucking Jaeger, I mean, <laughs> you, you know, it's like oh okay yeah, kind of makes sense. And like as like a season long antagonist, he was definitely the weakest, and that's saying something. Where most of the other antagonists are literally just mindless monsters. <laughs> yeah, I was actually more. I thought it was actually pretty more interesting th- with uh copperhead you know hunting them than it was shane just being a piece of shit and i, mean, I was looking you know, that, forward to the copperhead stuff and i just wanted shane scenes to just get over over with like and I, I don't know maybe maybe they wrote maybe that's maybe that's saying that they wrote a good character i don't know but or a good villain but like and then also there's a point point in there where okay taylor has to pilot because Copperhead's coming, and they're like, I don't want the two, you know, brother and sister to do it. I want one of my guys to do it, so they get May in there. So May pilots with him, and and it's just like, you know, they're fighting it, and he and she's like, you should have killed it when you had the chance. It's like, bitch, there are no weapons on this thing, and now you know that I'm just a cadet. <laughs> like... Like I haven't been on the. What do you mean I should have killed this? There was no way for me to. Kill and also, this. It, like, uh, like she, she has, she didn't have much room to talk about killing something when she had the chance. Oh my fucking god! Because and this is probably my biggest problem with the Shane plot is they have multiple chances. Mo- I'm talking multiple. Like we're talking probably in the double digits to just kill this motherfucker and just fucking end it and and it's not like they don't have any motivation like i guess they're trying to pull the shit with may it's like oh he's like a pseudo father and blah 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 but like but shane keeps one keeps doing like just stupid shit and also he keeps like we learn stuff like about his past and may learn stuff about his past like how he basically just took her from her own family and like brainwashed her actual family like literally like there's a point in there where joel probably one of may's only friends in that group is like hey everything that shane told you is not real he literally made up everything he put fake memories in your mind with the neural link and that he took you from an actual your actual family 
you were kidnapped and he raised you and he thinks of you as his family and that's the, that's the thing that's where i get really just aggravated at his at his ambitions is that may they say that may is the family that he wanted but then he also wants to be a huge like gay power megalomaniac like okay i mean sure there can be kindness and evil but this is just dumb because because then like okay then taylor even agrees he's like yeah that's it's like why would this guy why would joel lie it's probably true it doesn't like it just doesn't make any sense to you know and then like also the may and shane's personalities conflict too much because he's evil and she's good and I mean, well, you know, this guy not is only not only kill. just that you know one's evil, one's not. I mean, May is very brash and abrasive, which you wouldn't think would mesh yeah. with fucking Shane's personality, who uh, like demands subservience. Which I mean, uh, he yeah, I mean he does get that from her because you know he has this stuff. Theoretically, over her head, but like just like very real and it like insidious form of gaslighting. Like 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 we said, he uses Jaeger technology to repurpose it to uh, implant fake memories. Like because because he because apparently they said he used to be a pilot or he used to be he used to have some past with the Jaeger program. So he so fake he took memories that he got from other pilots. Use that and to retrofit this fake life for her to like to like make her a blank slate into his battle daughter, essentially. Yeah, like Alita, um, which like okay, like yeah, you know he he technically like he doesn't have anything over her, so now she's conflicted and you know messed up about it. But it's like okay, the guy is threatening to kill kids. Um, he's a piece of shit, and. Now you're finding out that everything that you knew about him is not true. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing tying you to. Like, I mean, yeah, he raised you, but also uh, he raised you into being a soldier for him. Like, that's not a good father. That's actually a terrible. Yeah, and, and it's easy to say um, that, you know, with us, you know, armchair, you know, charactering over here, but like. But, like, yeah, yeah. Shane does, like, so many things, like, back-to-back. Back. And I think this is probably my biggest issue with his character is he does so many evil things that it's just, like, put a fucking bullet in him. I mean, because she, she uh, there isn't half any... the other guy, the Richter guy. Yeah, and, I mean, he was way less evil. And, honestly, like, even though Richter's a bitch, I mean, he still kind of has a point of being mad at the kids because they got his friends killed like twice i thought the his evilness was kind of comical at a point yeah like i feel like there's a point in the movie or not movie the mm -hmm. show where he sends richter to kill the kids he's like what's taking you so long it's not that hard to kill some kids i thought that was very (laughs) dumb and very funny and and it's just he does so many just unabashedly evil things it's like because at first he starts out pretty interesting because you know you see him he's a bad dude but you know he, he um you know in this world it's kill or be killed so you can kind of understand it but he takes too many I think the writers take too many steps with him to where I don't know how you make him any more interesting yeah um I I think I think something 
because you know they're they're in Australia. The continent's been taken over by kaiju, and the reason why that he needs this Jaeger is so that you know this gives him more power. And honestly, it kind of makes sense um, that he would want to destroy like because if he has this Jaeger and he cu- and it's kind of dumb, but if he cuts off any contact or any connection to everywhere else in the world, then he's, he's technically ruling over his own little continent, his own little world. But that doesn't really make sense because then at some point, you know, either the kaiju are going to get him or uh, the the government's whoever, I can't remember, the PBDC or whatever, are going are gonna to see this stuff and investigate. And, it, and it's just like, um, I don't know. I mean, he wants to be a warlord inside of a torn continent. Of rapidly so diminishing sense, resources. But... Yeah, and, and I think if, like, he just, they fucking killed him, like, when they they finally all leave the, the whatchamacallit, the, uh... The, the little, Bogan. The Bogan, the little camp that they have. Like, that, I, that, that would definitely be a lot more satisfying, because me and Pat were screaming. It's just like, kill the motherfucker! Because there, like we said, there were several moments where uh, they had opportunity, but it's like, okay, like when uh, Atlas Destroyer, piloted by Taylor, is going to crush the fucker to save his sister. But then Meg is like, no, you know. And, and, and yeah, and this is fucking bullshit that I'm getting sick and tired of media. And maybe this is just me having really shitty ideas. So call me out if I'm being an asshole, but I'm getting fucking tired of the Batman logic. Where it's like, no, I can't go down to their level because then that means I'm just as bad as them. It's like, bitch, no, you're not. Fucking shoot the Joker. Because you're, you're, it's more irresponsible to keep him alive because you know he's going to escape. And I mean, granted, you know, obviously oh they God. have to do that to keep the status quo. Yeah, or like, plus like, I mean, yeah. even though you can sort of say like, oh, yes, a comedy could do whatever. Like, there's meta reasons why yeah. Batman keeps the Joker alive, but... but just like on a, at least on I would say on a psychological level, moral level, like your one act of killing a villain does not equal like an entire lifetime or a sequence of events of them doing like aggregated bad uh, things. So one doesn't weigh out. Well, and yeah. The well, and, and then and the, I mean and the, like sort of like the meta reason why he's kept alive it's so he can fucking kill Joel in like the most brutal fucking that life. was that was had me really surprised I was not expecting Joel to get his head blown up with a bomb walkie talkie I was so sad <laughs> I was legitimately sad that he died yeah as soon as I heard the I can't remember what he's exactly saying he's like well I got these walkie talkies you know as soon as he brought I have out an insurance policy on yeah. him yeah as soon as he said the insurance insurance policy, I thought, why doesn't he throw it? As soon as I heard insurance, throw it, throw it. Please, Joel. But no. You know, and the thing is, too, it makes so much sense that he would have somebody else pick it up and then it blow up. Because earlier, whenever they're trying to take down the Jaeger with RPGs, he's like, don't aim for the head. May's in there. Oh my god and it's like, dude, you're cutting off more resources. Okay, if you're so smart... If you know, if you, if you, if you think you're so smart, so good, then do all of it yourself. Stop hiring people to, you know, I don't know. So, but enough of that bullshit. So uh, we definitely had a lot of time concentrated on the the villain, but but moving uh, to the next part of the story. Uh, so they they grieve and bury Joel, and sort of, but the, still, uh, Taylor has to deal with that the strain of highlighting a Jaeger by himself, even with. 
uploaded memories of people who managed to survive that because most people who try to pop by Yaker by itself die or end up brain dead because the, the weight is just too much for one person's on one person's mind. So I do think the good job is like showing the consequences because there's many times where you you still feel like the scarcity of of resources and like how desperate things are because like literally they're by themselves. Of course, you know plot contrivances like any show would allow them to get ahead. But I still feel like there's not like a another magical a group of Jaegers to come out and save them. Like they still have to trick and like fight and scratch and claw to get any sort of advantage. But May with her confliction, she runs off. And but what we see uh once they get past that is that the the portals that the kaiju come through, they're opening up on dry land because usually it was only in the Pacific Ocean. That's why they call it the Pacific Rim. What? But now they're uh, they're developing on on what, on dry land. What? Pacific the Pacific. That? Uh, that's a big ass wet thing. Oh, okay. And uh, this is when the plot with the boy uh, really starts to pick up because like, up until this point, he's just like this little quirky background character who like eats bugs and like mimics human behavior. <laughs> uh, there was one part where um uh, the bad guys are pointing guns at some of the people. He like Haley goes to what goes to like point and fight and then he mimics her and does the same thing so he, he's doing like little funny stuff in the background but then like he's sort of uh drawn to the to these sort of riffs and they're like oh where the hell did he go so they get they get their jaeger to walk off to find him and that's when they stumble into what is essentially this kaiju and jaeger graveyard because you find like the bones of kaiju and like the remains of all these other nominal uh jaegers as well there's the piece r.i.p and that's where you get this moment of like this intrigue with their ai loa because once she says once she has this glitch it's like oh someone accessed my files and then like wait who the fuck's hacking into the jaeger first of all and second of all she has this sort of connection with a with another down jaeger it makes me like was she taken from that one and plant transplanted into this other one so like I think it's interesting that they're making her like a plot point. Like she has a character, like she's obviously more advanced than some of the other AI, but also she has a mysterious past. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I'm just thinking. I just remember the boy eating a butterfly and trying to stab so a scorpion funny. with a screwdriver. Yeah, that 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 was that was. Cute. And then he strangled a snake. Um, he just keeps killing and nobody's saying anything about it. Uh, he even got shot in the head at some point and and, and yeah, no he damage. Got, he got you find out why they powers. Uh-huh. And, just, and when they sort of explore the wasteland more, you see the boy standing on the edge of a massive rift where an acid quill comes out. And and at this point, um, Atlas Destroyer has gone through a lot of damage. Like it only has one arm at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forgot to say that it only has one arm. It's and then the <laughs> actual comes out and it's it's about to kill him. But who shows up to save the day? The fucking kaiju Jaeger, Shane. <laughs> Not Shane. Shane. What Save what did the, 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 the apex? Th- they called him Apex. Yeah. And he looks really cool because you know obviously he looks like a he's mechanical like a Jaeger, but it has all like this carapace on top, like almost like an insect with like these spikes and. He has like this. Um, his head kind of opens up and divides like, like these mouth parts. He's just like a maw slap full of teeth, but also like these insect like 
mouth plate to go over his his uh I guess opening as well. Yeah, kind of like Optimus Prime. He's able to close. But he, uh, his he mouth eats uh, dead kaiju's. Uh, so Optimus Prime doesn't eat, so that's definitely spookier. I don't know. Have you ever seen uh, Optimus Prime take down uh, twenty thousand hot dogs? I must. I must have missed that fanfic. Wasn't fanfic. And um, the Jaeger um, kaiju has like this moment where he interacts with the boys. Like the boys like has some kaiju leanings, and he, like they nip like this sort of drift between themselves so you see like how the how 8-bit came to be he was one of the infected Jaegers from part uh part one excuse me part two he evolved into this new life form and just sort of been like doing his own thing and then because boy has this sort of kaiju dna as as we said he sort of initiates his link and also apex is able to to contact other people with drift like it communicates through the drift which is this shared mental space that the pilots inhabit while they're piloting the Jaegers. Uh, yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Um, cause he was able to, cause whenever he interacted with the boy, he wanted to see, uh, Haley. So he was able to connect with her and they became friends. And then we get this really, really badass moment where he walks away and it's like, all right, we're cool. Cool. Then he brings back an arm and it's like, Oh yeah. And it's the first, <laughs> his arm looks sick. as Yeah. It's too. the first body mod for this, this fucking Jaeger. And it has like a scorpion spear thing. It 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 has and it has these man. It has these three fingers. It's from a it's from a Jaeger called Chaos Nemesis. Another badass name, by the way. And like uh, there is, uh, dude, I do appreciate like the Greek mythology of of the characters here because you have Atlas Destroyer, Atlas being the deity that supports the world, and you have Nemesis, which is the Greek god of vengeance. And so, it was like, this is yeah. when they get you know, were able to get their counter deck with the like we said the uh, the the spear tip whip that shoots out of the arm, and so you, yeah, they, there's like this moment where you know they have like this knowing sort of, I guess respect or acknowledgement. It's like okay, we're cool. We don't have to fuck with each other anymore. And and Apex goes back to devouring a dead kaiju, which is pretty brutal and like creepy to see. Oh, and then later when. They're trying to practice shooting, shooting it. Uh, Taylor, the older brother, he's like, he looks at the boy. He's like, "Do you have any tips on how to work this?" And the ki- and the boy just looks at him straight, the uh, menacing face, puts his hand out like he's shooting a blaster, <laughs> like Iron Man. Good bit, good bit. <laughs> so, and uh, that's where we get the, the next to the counter. They they find it, they find the ruins of his city where they discover their parents is. Abandoned Jaeger, so we we know they survived a kaiju attack in the Jaeger, but they're still at large. We don't know what happened to them after they escaped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been five years. So you don't, so don't know if they're still out there, or they're picked off, or if they're picked up. So they're still like this. I do like to. They, they we still have enough mysteries to to like lead into the second season. Yeah, and, and there were some. Yeah. Hints that they dropped in the little video they have where, like, the the mom and dad were like, oh, we don't know what this thing is. This is a new type of kaiju, blah, blah, blah. Which makes me think that it was the fucking Apex that took their their, uh, Hunter Vertigo out. 
It's very possible because, like, like we said earlier, it the Apex has no allegiance to the Kaiju, to the Jaegers, or to the Precursors, the Alien Overlords. So, like, it's just very much this free agent that just sort of does as it wills. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible they could have come into contact just like by just by dint of being in the wrong place in a long time. He's just like d- decided to fuck up. Essentially, we, w- we run into May. She's sort of trying to figure herself out. There's a moment of levity that they have a little fun dance party before shit goes foul again. Could guess who turns back up? Copperhead, uh, the big bad kaiju from the the first part of the show. Because because literally we have like all these different moments like where they just barely escape. Because he's, he's, he's a a category board, which is like the biggest naturally occurring one. To, you know, they have a that's a part five in the first one, but th- there's only one. So literally, they have like they throw him off a cliff, didn't work. They blew him up with like ten thousand mines, just knocked them out. So literally, like they have not made any sort of significant lasting damage on this guy. So this is like their round three final stand with this son of a bitch. Yeah, it's my favorite fight. The whole series yep not series but of of the, of the, the black, black yeah and um at this point uh may and taylor are piloting atlas destroyer and they're sort of just getting every lit they can because they only have their their spear whip which you know they have to you know it's not as directly damaging like a sword or a blade is so they have to be judicious with it plus they're still figuring out how to use the damn thing yeah but it does lead to some pretty sick moments, like when um, they use one of their claws to like rip out a chunk of Copperhead's chest, and they slice off it's one of his hands or feet with like the blades yes. on the whip. Yes, yes, it's so cool. I love the fact that like when you shoot it out, it's a normal, just like a string, but uh, they can the, also the- shoot sharp blades like a chainsaw. And you yeah, cut it's like the arm off. It's a bl- it's it's a bladed chain, pretty much. It's so sick. It's like Ivy from Soul Calibur. Essentially, like you get Ivy and like Scorpion did the fusion dance. You get this thing. Oh hell yeah, yeah. And and yeah. the precursor to like Atlas taking on Copperhead, we see the boy react to Haley being knocked out by Copperhead's attack, where he activates his superpower and becomes a miniature kaiju. And, like, we, we all knew he had, like, some kind of kaiju, like, boogity-boo, but, like, I'm not sure if I was really expecting to do this, like, whole anime level. Like, oh, he he is a kaiju. I don't know if I was quite expecting that, though. Yeah, that was the same boat. Yeah. But I will say, his I, fucking I wasn't kaiju a... design was fucking sick. Yeah, it was. And uh, this seems like something that would be saved for, like, a, main, a very main, main, like, character, but... It saved for him, which is fine. I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. And imagine he's going like his kaiju form is going to continue to evolve at, as we get into the second season. Yeah, and they have this uh they continue to fight. Uh, Haley wakes up and she sees her parents' mech. She goes up to it because it still has an active warhead, just but it's just jammed. So he's able to kick it out and turn on the robot. So she. Aims uh, the <laughs> missile, and they're able to kick uh, Copperhead in the air, and they knock the missile into its little chest hole, blows the bitch into smithereens. You know, I I I did not like how she to unlock dislodge the nuke, unjam it. She had to kick it. Um, 
very unsafe. What are you talking about? <laughs> what could go um, wrong with kicking a nuclear okay, warhead? Okay, there was a bit in there too where um because the kaiju kid he gets trapped under some rubble as a kaiju and Taylor is just like we picked him up in Meridian and then like he was like I thought maybe the government might have made him and then May's like homebrew kaiju like impossible. No way, dude. Like, like where like, else would he come from? Like okay, okay, A, what makes you think it's impossible? Because there are giant robots there are aliens, there are giant monsters, so you don't think it's possible that the government decided to splice human DNA and mix it with kaiju DNA to make a perfect hybrid? What do you mean that's impossible? <laughs> Not possible. What, what, what? Anything's possible in this stupid, crazy it's world. It's not out of the realm of possibilities, but we... And, until it's confirmed, he could have just been, like, captured and kept sated in this tank. It could have been, like, yeah. the, the precursor yeah. they... Because they did some, you know, they're the one that made the kaiju and, like, made the kaiju seeds that infect robots, so... Uh, no, I, I totally get it. Like, it's totally possible that he was captured because later we finally actually get to see a character, group of characters that were referenced earlier in the season called the Sisters. And apparently he is the uh, kaiju messiah. Yeah, which was like, what the fuck so. does that mean? And then that's sort of the cliffhanger the series the season ends on because we have like this mysterious cult. We were introduced to these things called the sisters in there, and they had like this barter system with Shane. We're like, if you give us kaiju eggs, we'll give you like like resources like tech and things like that. And you know uh, that didn't go well. But so obviously there's these weird cult like entities that one are worshiping the kaiju and collecting their parts but also too they can control kaiju because it because the ripper mini kaiju dogs they're so, apparently can be controlled by the sisters as well so like i'm very interested to see like one what gives them that ability and two like how or if they're on connected to the precursors because we don't know if they're directly working with them or just like they're just a third party that of like kaiju work like fanboys. <laughs> For, yeah, that, you know that'd be funny if they were just like if they were just like no no the kaiju aren't made by aliens that's propaganda it's a conspiracy and it's like bitch we saw them being created by the aliens in the dimension what do you mean <laughs> they are fucking kaiju truthers. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's funny you, you say <laughs> propaganda. They like the poster for the Pan Pacific, like, uh, like Kaiju Defense Corps is very clearly modeled after Soviet propaganda posters. Oh yeah, yeah. I I saw that. I was like, what? <laughs> like that's that's immediately saw. Yeah, recognize that. But yeah, I mean that's at least as far as the plot goes. Every everything that happens, kind of went through it semi. Yeah. In order. Uh, I will say one of my favorite things about the show is like um, I really like how they explored more of the like mental drift, like how when two people pilot, like their memories are basically mixed together in a in a mental headspace. So like a lot of people's, you know, like one basically everybody's brains have touched this at this point. Like like you see other people's memories going to her. Like basically when Haley and May drift, they they sort of like oh wait we we had this sort of shared trauma of like we killed a lot of people directly or indirectly 
or, or like when Joel was like having thirty men crying to his head, like he he lost a lot of his sort of tech no. skills, but he gained like a lot of their like menial skills, like combat or like knife throwing or juggling, like all these sort of actual. Juggling. I thought it was really cool how they, they really died more into that aspect of the show. Yeah, I did too. It kind of reminded yeah, me I, of the mind meld from uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, uh, uh, with the dragons. Uh, Morty's mind. Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> that. Slut dragon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, I was I was thinking about Morty's mind blowers. Or oh, whatever. that. Well, with May, that's kind of what happened. Yeah, yeah, that is. Um, man, yeah, I really enjoyed that too, especially when um, because Joel was able to convince Taylor to do that ghost drifting solo, where he was able to first co-pilot to for him to have uh, a second set of memories. He was able to use um, other rangers' uh, memory files, which he used Herc Hansen. That's where Herc Hansen comes in, and uh, it was interesting too because. Uh, Herc Hansen's memories replaced his memories. So, like uh, earlier in the sh- in the show, whenever he finds like certain Jaegers and stuff, he recognizes them, but he doesn't because they're Herc Hansen's memories. I thought that was interesting as well. Um, also, it, it you know it implies more that uh, you know family members are easier to um, to me- uh, drift with because you know they share the same memories there's, so, there's not as much that, that will get sense. like lost and overridden because because usually what we see in the in the far at this point most jaeger pilots are usually either family members or lovers like you know like because like their parents were jaegers and like in the first movie they had the uh the russian couple that was that were pilot so like that's i mean obviously you need a strong connection and like you have to have like if one starts to bleed into the other, it's not going to be a big issue because you already have like this shared share connection anyway. So like them really highlighting that has been one of my favorite sort of parts of the show because they had that extra time to flesh out this part of this of the universe. Yeah. All right, but I guess sort of wrapping up, um, what we hope to see from season two, and will we recommend this to any kaiju fans out there? Um, I I, I really want to say that um you know like i said i actually really enjoyed it i say give it a go easy watch really easy like you know it, it dips a lo- little in the middle but honestly it kept my attention and um you know and and, and like i we, we we get angry and we say all this stuff before but really i want to see I want to see how how it's more fleshed out in season 2. I want to see where it goes. I want to see if there's anything they correct. I want to see if there's better battles because Jesus Christ, there were I mean, you know, I know it's not all about battles, but come on, man. Atlas Destroyer got his ass kicked for most of the show. So like, can we get some more wins other than them fighting yeah. Copperhead? I just want more battles, period. Like uh it just felt like it was lacking. Like there was only two episodes with awesome fights in my opinion which is the first and the last yeah um i want to see more body mods for the jaegers uh yes yes like jerry rigging it with like making it like a junk jaeger yeah um and and also too like i i really uh want to see more like character exploration and world building because what they sort of introduce with like the different camps i'd be interested to see 
sort of that the politics of that and how that plays into different things also what's going on outside of australia yeah yes it's been five years like what's happening like are they still fighting uh in other continents uh is all the precursors uh focus on is on australia like what's going on i guess i guess until we get like a place with working tech they won't know what's happening in the rest of the world but that gives us if they ever if they resolve what happens with australia that gives us like you know this whole extra like rope to play with for like a, a longer continuation like what's happening in the rest of the world so i feel like there's a lot of good potential here for like exploration yeah like we said like obviously if you're a kaiju fan you're used to being like you know action being at the beginning bookmarking a, a program like look let's face it show a godzilla films you know the action is sort of at the, the front and the back end of the of, the, of a picture and the the middle is kind of where like the the talky human parts are so that structure shouldn't be too unfamiliar to you even if it's come from a more action heavy series i feel like if you're a kaiju fan you'd be at least be able to weather that I think there's a lot of fun here. We, I think we all had a good time, and and there's some there's some really legit surprises and shocks. Like that one part at the beginning where they take the missile and shove it on that one uh, acid cooled throat, and he fucking blows up. That was sick. Yeah. Yes, that was sick because it was almost about to hit their kids, and he. Oh, okay, that was sick. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, we're very much looking forward to season two of Pacific Rim: The Black and. Hopefully, to just like a general continued expansion of the Pacific Rim universe, we don't really have a lot to play with here, and it's been just a long time between sort of installments, even like outside of you know movies or animation. I mean, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, hear me out though. Okay, I know we got one good movie and one bad or okay movie, but it would be kind of neat if they went animated only from or animation like currently only right now and okay here's my hope i really really hope it'd be kind of sick if um once they get out of australia because it's been five years it's like more of a post-apocalyptic world like that'd be kind of cool because then it's like what you got a jerry-rigged uh jaeger now traveling across the world fighting monsters i want more jerry-rigged robots fighting each other Hell yeah also like I don't know if he would want to come back, but I would like to see Guillermo del Toro come back to the series. Yeah, please. please. I, I, I know you're. He, he's very. He's childlike in the good, best and worst ways because he has these wonderful, fun ideas. But also, he's very easily distracted by the next thing he wants to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You gotta I love mean, him for God it, bless him because he's like he's a, a tremendous uh, creator, and I'm we're glad he gave us this much so far. I, I don't know. To what extent he has an involvement with this, but I think you know him having any fingerprints on it again would be fantastic. Yeah, even if it's just like I don't know, like a little bit with the show, or even doing another movie. Like I, knowing him, he probably doesn't have much of an interest to come back because I imagine the the first movie was. I mean, he, at least in his mind, was supposed to be a one and done. I I know he had yeah. like at least. After the first movie, he had like a bigger world plan. I think just because, like, like we said, he's very sort of attention deficit. Well, and and he's gotten screwed out of some things in Hollywood too. So, and I know like the whole thing about the kaiju being like, I mean, the kaiju seeding into yogurts and then mixing. 
that was a plot point that was going to be in the original animated series that was pitched in 2013-2014, which kind of got picked up by the second movie, and it's it sort of lived on through this. So, like, I still think, like, <laughs> the DNA of his concepts initially will live on, but, of course, also, like, he's very... Very much wants to move on to his next newest idea, which he gives all of his attention to, which, you know, is awesome. But also, like, for fans who really like to see his other stuff fleshed out, uh, you kind of just have to hope and wait and see. Uh, I was going to say, if Netflix is charging, what, like $18 now for a subscription? Like, get him on board for the show. I bet, I bet 100% he would love that. I mean, I don't know him personally, but I think he would love it because <laughs> we know he loves yeah. kaiju stuff. I, I just don't know what because I know he's got like one movie I think that's supposed to come out either the end of this year or next year. At, Antlers, please, God, I want to see Antlers so and bad. Then he's got a, a a Netflix movie. It's a Pinocchio. Yeah, it's, it's a horror version of Pinocchio that stop motion. Yeah, really. I, Oh, okay, so, I want to see that. So, obviously, that. he's at the Netflix oh, headquarters. Oh. But, hey, quick question. Everybody, right now, on the spot, come up with your oh, Jaeger fuck name. fuck off. <laughs> I can't come up with that on the spot. <laughs> oh, oh, Wenzel, you start us off. Oh, oh throw that you can't drop that I've been fucking about bomb. It. I've, been, I've been thinking about it all day. I got one. I got one. Onyx Tear. Tear, the uh, Norse god of justice. Okay, that's pretty rad. Okay. You're going to have to come back to me later about this. I, I, I can't think of anything right now. Ooh, ooh. Uh, Crimson Minerva. Damn it. Okay. I, I was going to use Minerva, but fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Bleached Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, okay. Most powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Comes with two bleach cannons. You know, that would probably kill the kaiju, actually. Yeah, probably. Um, I have one in my head. I don't know if it's the best name, but uh, it's just a, the two two cool words that bumped together. Uh, cyanide Manticore. Ooh, that's okay. cool, though. That is, that is cool. Good. Because, I mean, really, it just seems like they're bumping... <laughs> they're, they're putting badass words together. <laughs> and while John's thinking, I do think it'd be cool like if, like... The, the draft compatibility of, of the of the AYCH crew, like Col- like what would a Colton Wenzel Jaeger team look like? What would a John and Pat Jaeger team look like? I mm. feel like uh, Colt Wenzel team would be uh, explosive. Uh, our 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 arsenal would probably be more gun explosive related. Yeah, I would agree. We'd probably we'd probably have uh, the mini guns and probably those launchable nukes. Like Hunter Vertigo and that one yeah. other unit have. Um, I if we could though, I wish if we had the same kind of like mobility as the Apex, the Biomech, that would be sick. But we'd probably be yeah, um, distance probably. <laughs> I, I had an idea for the John Pat, uh, like our mech. I, I imagine um, <laughs> we, we our ours would be like more like somehow. Uh, silly, but also still dangerous. Yeah, like we would, like we would have like a fucking like battle fan be like bitch, and just like <laughs> then, then yes. just like just slice a kaiju's neck open. Fuck yeah, okay, like uh, katana good. and mortal. Okay, Kombat. that's pretty good though. 
All right, I got a working title. I mean, we should okay. Solar Osiris. That sounds badass. Oh, that's Ooh, good. That's badass. Okay. We got a lot of different gods here. We got Norse. We got Egyptian. We got Greek. Roman. Greek. Yeah, Roman. Sorry. Hell yeah, I like it. We got Onyx Tear. We got Solar Osiris. Crimson Minerva. Minerva. Crimson Minerva. Sinai Manticore. Manticore is like a Middle Eastern creature, so like do we have some a diversity here. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, that sounds pretty slick. Uh, Pacific Rim to Black Season Three. Call AYCH. We'll hook you up. Yeah, and we're and we're all solo pilots because we can. Handle yeah, it. we're built we're different. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think we have a pretty strong representation. Pacific Rim to Black. Uh, if you're a Kaiju fan, we think you'll be well-serviced in this show. And uh, we hope that you continue on um, with uh, with our month of Kaiju content. Uh, I will, although we will say, we're taking a little bit of a break next week. We'll be talking about uh, another sort of, I think, kaiju size content. We'll, we'll be uh, discussing the season premiere of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. But we still have plenty more kaiju content coming up the rest of the month. So be sure to stick with us on that. Also check out our brand new spinoff series, Casey Greatness, where our friend Justin, along with Jonathan Cannon and myself, we discuss kaiju, excuse me, Nick Cage films on a bi-weekly basis. And we have another episode <laughs> coming up. If you're listening to the week, it comes out this week as well. So be to check that one out. It's definitely uh, a hoot and a half, to, to say the least. So thank you all for listening today. You can follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, and any RSS. We catch you out there. Be sure to like, rate, subscribe on all those platforms. Helps us out, and we really appreciate you when you do it. You follow us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram, AYCH Podcasts, Letterboxd and Facebook at all you can hear, Twitch, Twitch, Twitch at twitch.tv slash all you can hear, and YouTube, which is also at all you can hear. And lastly... Call me Patrick on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. John lost his name in my art on Facebook. John lost his name art. My name is Jonathan. You can follow me on Twitter at J-O-N-I-I-B-O-I-24 and John Unsun 12 on Letterboxd. My name is Colt. Follow me on Twitter at Colt D-0-0. All I know is after watching this, I really want to rewatch the first Pacific Rim, and I definitely want to watch the second. Hell yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Winslow. You can follow me on Twitter at Winslow. You can follow my art Instagram at Winslow. Go to my link tree, my Goodreads, and my letterbox in there. So check those out. Thank you. All right. Thank you all. Have a good night and talk to you very, very soon. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Crikey. Bogey.